Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. Yeah, that should take care of business for the pack here tonight. Well, the Bears are going to drop to 5-6. and six. And now... The end is new. When you have games like this, you got to so figure out, you got to soul search, and you got to be able to stop the bleeding. Final curtain. There's a couple directions you can go, my but friend, uh, you know, my job as a I'll leader is to clear. make sure that they understand that. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. The good news is you're fired. You're fired! You're fired! It's the Hamp and OB Show. That's five losses in a row. Is it over for Matt Nagy? Is it over for Ryan Pace? It ain't over for Hamp and OB. They're ready to go. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Chevy. Here's Dan Hampton and Ed Bradovich. 720 WGN. Gentlemen, no pressure tonight, but I... Chicago... Bears fans everywhere, really, they need you tonight. I have heard from more people calling me up this week. Just cannot wait for you guys to somehow make Bears Nation feel better after the debacle that was Sunday night in Green Bay. Hamp, you look ready. OB, you look ready. OB, you'd like to start with something, though, I know. Yeah, I'd like to say something. This to some personal, wonderful friends of mine, but uh, we lost a good friend and a good person last week. Way, way too soon. His name is Glenn Muller. Glenn was only 58 years old. He was a very successful car dealer in Maryville, Indiana, an Acura dealer. And our hearts go out to his dad, Mike, and his brothers, Scott and Mark. Glenn, God's love. God's love, my friend. Thank you, OB. The Mueller family has been phenomenal to the show. They've been phenomenal to me. Uh, condolences to, to one and all. Um, absolutely. It is uh, 720 WGN. The phone number is 312-981-7200 as we get back to things that don't matter, which is the Bears losing five games in a row, now sitting at five and six. The playoffs are a distant memory, and what the future holds is a huge question mark. So, Hampo, why don't you kick us off here with uh, what you saw on Sunday night? I don't think anybody was surprised by any of it, but uh, perhaps there were moments where you just were shaking your head in a way that you had not planned. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, you're saying uh, nobody was surprised. Well, you know, that that's kind of uh, the, the tone of my opening. You know, the next three hours, we'll, we'll pick through that pitiful performance. But it was a performance that w- was supposed to be something other than what we saw. Danny, you know what? You know what it was. Let me just tell you flat out what it was. This coaching staff did not have this team ready to play football. Period. Well, this most storied franchise in the history of the NFL. It's it's hard to believe, but over the last year and a half, we we have had debacle after debacle. Yes, and. Essentially, everybody wants to know, just like like you said, Carm, what happened? What happened to the Bears? Why this colossal collapse from a team that only two years ago understood what it meant to play for the Chicago Bears? 
they understood the foundations of what made the Bears the monsters of the midway. Punishing defense, a brutal running game, and a take-no-prisoners attitude that now, unfortunately, we saw a team surrender by the, almost the end of the first half. And wise men always say, OB, a fish rots from the top. And it's rotted now for about a year and a half. And we see it now has, as it's manifested itself with a five-game losing streak. But what's really concerning to me is how it's spread to the defense. This defense collapsed on national TV, and nobody, nobody, amazingly, got pissed off about it. It's hard to believe, but Aaron Rodgers was not hurried, he was not rushed, he was not hit or sacked he was never touched. in a 60-minute contest. Now, you can start with pace, and yeah, Nagy is right behind him, but now, Chuck Pagano, it's you. You've proven to be the only man that can render this Bears defense harmless. And it's taken about a year or so, but we saw Sunday night what was an unmitigated disaster. This sad, bumbling unit that without a whimper, without a whimper, went quietly into the night. It's embarrassing, it's deplorable, and it's damn unacceptable. Go ahead, OB. Well, uh, you know, where do you start for where do you start around here? I guess I could throw a dart at the at the wall anywhere. It's unbelievable. Uh, let's start at the passing game, okay? The two things again with our quarterback and the way he was talking when he was benched, but he was saying how hard he's been practicing and and concentrating and learning to throw the football different ways different ways to throw the football to make the connection with his receivers. Well, that didn't happen, okay? And and if you, you take a look at this, you, Cole Komet, our tight end second-round draft choice, one reception for eight yards. Darnell Mooney, three receptions for 34 yards. And two weeks prior, Darrell Mooney had two catches at average Four and a half feet of catch. Two catches, four and a half feet of catch. Now, here's the thing about Daryl Mooney, all right? He runs basically a 4-3-40, okay? So, in a 40, if, if, if you say, correct me here, guys, if I'm wrong somewhere, if you say like 1,001, that's a second. Folks, that kid has traveled 10 yards. And he averages four and a half feet on two catches, it's the same thing week after week. How can you not? And by the way, this kid obviously can get separation, and he's got some pretty good hands. Why? Why on God's green earth in the world of football in the National Football League do we not attack the field down? Why don't we go down the field? Attack down there. Instead of throwing two-foot outs, belly screens, belly tosses, I, folks, it, it, you sit there and you watch this. This is week after week. And let me tell you something. Here's another thing. You wonder why we're at where we're at right now? Let's go back to last year. They were 8-8, eight and eight, and they had the 12th easiest record in 12th, excuse me, 12th easiest schedule in the National Football League. When they went 12-4, and 12-4 and, and lost in the playoff game at home to the Eagles, 
They had the 32nd easiest schedule in the National Football League. And in those two years, that's 20 victories. And you know how many games they won against basically playoff teams? One! I thought... If I'm looking for, I thought I'd bring one bit of positivity, and then we could take some calls coming on back here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Tony Dungy on national TV is calling out the Bears for quitting, and he was spot on. Nobody wanted to hit. That was obvious. The one guy, as I went back and watched this again today for the third time, David Montgomery. There's one Bear player that actually played to the whistle. He was grinding for everything he possibly could in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if you guys, I'm assuming, Hamp, you saw the same thing. But nobody wanted to put their hat on anybody. Kyle Fuller was the only guy who really seemed to want to do it all game long. Well, and, and, and more, more importantly, OB hit it on the head when he said that the coaches did not have this, this football team ready to play. Anybody says they did has no idea what they're talking about. You know, and hey, and we could talk about a, a couple of bright spots, okay? The first series of the offense, uh, the 57 yard run. That was by amazing. Montgomery. Yeah, it was, was amazing. When we get down and, you know, and, and, inside the, uh, five yard line. And, and, you know, we get a couple of drops. One's Cole Komet, the, uh, the, the rookie you just mentioned. Uh, the other one, Allen Robinson in the back of the end zone. And we had to settle for a field goal. And it's that to me, those two bobbles and drops by those two receivers really left an impact on Trubisky. Early in the game, he seemed to be a little bit more control of what we normally see with his haphazard, you know, uh, performances. But, it led to a couple of idiotic throws into triple coverage, one into the deep parts of the end zone for another interception. That was a hey, and I was thinking about you, Ob. Hey, they threw it down the field. I was thinking it too. But you don't throw it into you know a, a double coverage situation. How about triple? And well, that was the other one. And and at the end of the day, there was. A lot of parts of this game that made me shake my head and say, if only we had coaches that knew how to harness some of the talent that we have, it would never have turned out so sad. 312-981-7200. Hampton OB is brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. And Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives, drive a Chevy. Who's driving Mark, it. I just, I just yeah, want to go back to what I mentioned earlier. I just got a little ahead of myself. In the, between the 2018 and 2019 seasons, we had 20 wins, 12 and 8, okay? And what it came down to, out of the 20 wins in those two years, folks, we had four wins against teams in the playoffs. Now the year 2020, we are so far, we are one win and five losses against teams looking to get or be in the playoffs this year. So 2018, 20 wins. We could only beat four teams that that I mean that got lost. Uh, four wins against teams in the playoff. 2020, one win, five losses against teams looking to get into the playoff. And and and, and yeah, we're, we're not good here. Pardon, we're not good. Well, essentially, what it's saying we can't that, that stat says is we get into a contest with a team that's with, halfway decent. We lose. Well, better than adequate coaching. We cannot match up. And the Green Bay Packers coaching staff, they had every trick and ran every gamut on us Sunday night. You know, here's the funny thing about this, folks. 
Do you believe we got five games left? Of the five, only one team has a winning record, and that's the Packers, and we play them at the very last game of the season. Okay? We played, we got Detroit coming here, who, I mean, they're just god awful. We play Jacksonville. What do they have? One win? We play Houston. Do they have two wins, three wins? We play the Vikings. They have a losing season. Four of the five have losing. Th- and these guys, the way they've been coached and the way they've been playing lately, still have a chance, folks, oh. to get into the playoffs. Oh. So that's a good thing. Oh. But I'll tell you what. You know what it is, boys? Let's meet the challenge. Wow. It's, it's enough, Nagy, with his mouth talking and talking. And we got to do this. And we got to do that. And we got to fight. And we got to do this. No. Understand the game and how to get them ready for four quarters of football, you knucklehead. We'll hear a little bit from Matt Nagy coming on back here. Hampton O'Beef brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. The phone number is 312-981-7200. Adam Hogue at 830, Kaz at 9, with you till 10 on 720 WGN. Matt, are you concerned about your job after a loss like this? And if not, how do you defend where the team is at right now? No, I'm not. I, I just think that right now with our team that, you know, this is the stuff through the, the season that you go through. And it's, it's about fighting adversity. It's about building cultures and staying together. And that's where we're at. And so that's what that's what I do. That's what our coaches do. That's what our players do. We stick together and um, we understand where we're at and and that when you have games like this, you gotta figure out, you gotta soul search and you gotta be able to stop the bleeding. That guy's a fool. He's just a fool. So that was after he really is. Say more OB. No, he just did you hear what he said? I heard it. I mean He's building what? culture. Oh, Jesus. So I, I thought it was pretty amazing. And 725, it's WGN, it's Hampton OB. We're brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com, 312-981-7200. Curtis, can you pull up uh, Cut 18? Because that was after the game on Sunday night. And then he watched the tape, and then he sat with it, and I might have gotten yelled at by some other people, and then he said this the next day. I'm hoping that really none of us slept last night because of where we're at and how what we did and, and what we didn't do. Um, and so that's going to be where I'm at, where our players, uh, you know, need to be. And, and that's, that's just uh, if you really care and you understand what we put out there last night, um, you'll fix it. And so that's going to be the challenge moving forward here. But there's some personal pride here involved in, in, in moving forward. And that, that's, uh, that's not who we are uh, in particular as a defense yesterday. And our guys know that, and Khalil talked about it afterwards. But um, that's going to be our, our our challenge as a team this week heading into this game is is where we're at with personal pride. Where we're at with personal pride. Khalil Mack addressing the team after the ball game. Hamp? You know what? Bill Parcells, the guy I really respected and, and thought was a, a, just a great coach, you know, his motto was, you are right. how you play. You are what what you put out there, not what you think you can do, not what you think you will have in three months or six years from now. It's what you did on the field last night. All I know is, you know, all this psychobabble about, oh, we got each other's back and all this crap. You know, a lot of the listeners know that we've mocked this now for two years plus. And guess what? The roosters are coming home to roost. And here's the one thing. 
There has to be accountability on a football team with a, a, a school. A, a, a business. Everyone has to have accountability. And for that to go down like it did Sunday, and then it, all of a sudden the next day, everyone start lighting fires and going, oh, wow, we really did look bad. Oh, yeah, the touchy-feely thing, it ain't working. Now we're going to have to start, you know, pounding the desk and, and talking about, oh, well, we're not going to accept that. Blah, blah. It's a little too late. Should have thought about this before you started a five-game losing streak. And a five-game losing streak that our defense has come up with a total of how many sacks? Five. They're not getting after anybody. Well, They're, they're getting after the pay window on Tuesday. <laughs> That's about all they're getting after. You know, Nagy talking about, you know, we got to fight. We got to stick together. We got to fight instead of addressing the actual procedures and things you've got to do to win a football game. He doesn't talk about it. And I'll tell you what backs that statement up is Nagy, folks, as a play caller for the Bears, okay, failed to score 20 points 25 times. Failed to score 20 points 25 times. He's the the offensive head coach, offensive coordinator. He's the head guy putting the game plan together. Also, Failed to score a first-half TD in 19 games. He's failed to get over 300 yards 19 times. You wonder why we are where we are, Nagy? Quit talking about your players. They got to get. They got to recharge themselves. They got to take a look at themselves. How about you? How about you, Nagy, taking a look at yourself and see what the hell you have done since you've been here? If you wasn't playing the easiest schedules in the league, you wouldn't have won half of the games, let alone a quarter of them. So there's a text here from John in Oak Park. Uh, it's bad enough that the Bears team is such a horrifying joke perpetuated by incompetent and pitiful management. Virginia, by the way, in the stadium uh, at Lambeau Field on Sunday night, which was kind of amazing. If you look closely, you could see the true kiss of death to the reputation of the franchise. During the post-game interview with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you guys noticed this, he was asked, what do you think about the rivalry, the chance to play the Bears every year? Rodgers sitting there, he's smiling, turned his head a bit, and started to say how much he loves to play the Bears because he knows... Who wouldn't? Right. Who wouldn't? You score two touchdowns, it's an automatic win. It's like the the whole rivalry thing. There has been not been a rivalry with the, with the Packers for almost, with almost, the exception of two years, thirty years. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? It ain't going to change, folks. It's not going to change. We're not going to wave a magic wand and change divisions. We're not going to be able to say, "Oh well, Aaron Rodgers is ineligible." You're going to have to find a way to beat the man. And you know what? He's laughing at you and and making a joke out of having to play you. And by the way, they're not having to wash his uniform either. 7.30, check in news. Come on back with your calls. 312-981-7200. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear from the fans, see what they truly feel. We'll start with Jim and Aurora. 312-981-7200. Hampton will be brought to you by Chevy Drive. Hang in there, guys. Chicago.com, 720 WGN. Third down team in the league. Now it's third and 17. Another big rush from Gary. Trubisky lost the ball. It's scooped by Preston Smith, who takes it in for the Green Bay defensive touchdown. That one.
Then you got to rewind back to Charles Leno there. You had a first down on third down. Darnell Mooney with the solid catch. First down, drives going, and then Leno with the holding call, and the next thing you know, they're in third and 17, and now you got a strip and a touchdown. And yeah, and that over. was Cody Whitehair playing right guard, and now, you know, obviously trying to uh, figure out his, his, his pass pro was basically bull rush back into the lap of the quarterback, causing that strip. And, you know, it's, there were spots where the rebuilt, reshanked offensive line actually held up a little bit. It was better than it had been over the last month. But ultimately, you know, and, and you can you can beat on Nagin, you can beat on Trubisky, but I'm, I'm just saying it was a shame that – and you know what I thought about when I was watching David Montgomery run 57 yards uh, with that first carry in the game? I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Bill Lazor, the new offensive uh, play caller, is going to wear the Packers out with play action. We've got a running game. We've got a threat. And the Achilles heel of the Packer defense for the last couple of years, and the 49ers gutted them last year with the running game, I'm, I'm thinking this is it. We will not have to be in a position where we have to, you know, do all the Hail Marys and, and go into the, you know, seven yard drop and sling it every play. But no, we, we never even we thought about play action. We never even got into any kind of rhythm. And the next thing you know, our defense is collapsing. And by the way, the Packers had the ball five times in the red zone, came away with four touchdowns and a field goal. Now, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I would put that on as a uh, uh, like a clinic, that film as a clinic, or a jo- on a job interview, and say this is what I am able and capable of doing against a, a so-called top ten defense in the red zone. Because I mean, the Packers, they, the coaches, they had an answer for practically everything. And Mark, you made a point or, or comment about the three man line. Early in the game, it's 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 unbelievable that Chuck Pagano would try. Okay, I understand Aaron Rodgers has been one of the all-time greats when you blitz him, but we're not talking about sin and six. We're not talking about sin and seven. We're talking about four-man pass rush with some stunts, with some tricks, some different nuances that. The Packers' offensive line has struggled at times. So, I mean, to go three-man line and basically wave the white flag and say we're not going to be able to get there and just let Aaron Rodgers pat the ball five times and then throw a touchdown, it was beyond belief. Danny, before they even get to that, they've really got to fix this offense. or We have no chance, none whatsoever. So during the bye week, okay, you know, after 10 weeks, okay, and we had the week off. Let me tell you just a few stats where the Bears' offense right. Oh, Thanks. by the way, the bye week where Nagy is now 0 for 3 coming off of a bye. Yeah, well, let me tell you a little bit before that. After the, the, the 10th game, where they ranked 29th in total yards, 31st in yards per play, 32nd in rushing, 29th in points. That's our offense, folks. That's our offense. And before, and I understand where the defense is, and and you know what, Danny, it's been defense, 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 and we go into this past season again. Where did we need help? 
Offense, 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 offense. Offensive line, backs, running. We need it everywhere. What the hell did Pace do? We didn't have a number one. They draft Cole Komet, which is a yes. The next three draft choices, they go defense. There's nothing wrong with our defense. It's offense. Can't you see last year, the year before, the year before? That is our problem, Pace. You and Nagy are totally and completely incompetent or or other, well, there's other words I want to use, Stick but I with won't. Incompetence, good. It's incompetent, and and what and why? Because look where you're at. Look where you stand in the National Football League after ten games, after eleven games, and look at the teams you beat, and look at the teams you've lost. You guys, it's on your shoulders, Nagy, and it's on your shoulders, Pace. And we are where we are, and why we are, it's because of you two individuals. 312-981-7200. Let's get some calls in here. Jim and Aurora, really appreciate you being patient. You've been on since the show started. Go ahead, Jim. What do you got? Yeah, I'm um, Dan. I'm your age. I grew up watching uh, Ed play as a child here back in uh other than that eight-year run when jim finks ran this team in 1980 this the organization has no direction you just went through three complete rebuilds Amen. in the last eight years um maybe maybe they need an advisory committee of ex-players such as yourself maybe dave uh, dan uh, wanstad get the longer you wait now, the, it's going to take that much longer to catch up with the league. You need a complete different philosophy at the top. And what's been the only consistency that's remained at the top? The one individual there, I think uh, he's been there 40-some years, Ted, he's, he's an he's a accountant. He's a, you need a football mentality. It has to start now, otherwise it'll take forever to catch up with the rest of the league. Jim, good call, and let, let's have them respond. Ted Phillips, could, you, you can find a lot of jobs for him in that organization. You could, if they wanted to. Go ahead, Ham. Or not. You know, here's the one thing. And again, your point, Jim, is dead on. It was because you had a guy named Jim Finks that understood the dynamics of professional football. It's different than anything else. It's a different, it's a different cat. It's a different game. And you got to find people that will overcome obstacles and find solutions. And it, it wasn't overnight. Finks was there in 75, and it took 10 years for us to actually wind up and win a, a Super Bowl. But he put everything it took in. It Ditka to come in. Well, yeah. Because enough mean, was enough with all those players, and, and it was yeah. excuse after excuse, coach after coach after coach. And what's it been now, 35 years 35 since you years. guys – we're probably the greatest football team ever assembled by all the football pundits. 35 years, and we've had enough. Enough is enough with excuses, with coaches, with assistant coaches. It's enough. My God, get somebody in here that knows what they're doing. And that's the point I was trying to get to, OB. See, here, here's the thing. Matt Nagy was nothing but a you know arena quarterback that was uh, helping out. Next thing you know, Andy Reid lets him call some plays. And Ryan Pace, who was 
some type of a scout in New Orleans uh, who had never a, held a, a position of general manager or anything close to. He was a gopher. Okay. Anyway, you got a couple of novices trying to act like they know what they're doing and they don't know what they are doing. Everything from the draft to the, the hiring of the coaching staff to the direction and, and, and commitment of the football team and the players and Think of the bust. And, you know, Robert Quinn, all week long we heard about his position coach calling him out. Finally, after two and a half months of, of essentially doing nothing, zero, it was embarrassment. He responds with another game of nothing. And, and so what do you got? You've got a bunch of people that don't know how to get results. And it takes time and it takes a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, uh, what would you say? Traction. Foresight. Traction. You got to kind of go through the, the good times, the bad times. But the bad news is we've got a couple of, you know, novices that don't know how to make it happen. And now they're looking at each other trying to figure it out. And guess what? This is why we're going backwards and we're going backwards in a hurry. 312-981-7200. John Dorsey's a name that's out there. You want him coming in here? He's had tremendous success around the he league. He has. He has. He wouldn't be a bad guy. And I see again. And I keep going back to somebody like Bill Parcells. Wherever, you know, where, when he was with New England or the Jets or the Cowboys, of course, after he left the Giants, he had success. But look at what he was able to achieve because he had control and he knew the type of people. You know, my daughter made a great comment uh, tonight. She goes, the thing about Trubisky is he's not a leader. And everybody in the world sees him on TV. Not know, according to him. Yeah, he thinks well, he's the greatest leader on the planet. Well, we all know what the facts are. Right. The bottom line is, a football team, it doesn't mean the guys that can run the fastest, jump the highest, all that helps. But it's the ones that refuse to lose. And we got a bunch of guys that went into the night too quietly for me the other night. 312-981-7200. Terry, Greg, Dave, we'll get to you coming on back here. We also have our outstanding uh, responses from the Hampton OB Essential Questions. Watch Bear Essentials on the Marquee Sports Network. We'll do that. Hang in there, callers. Coming on back here. A lot of passion tonight with you till 10. Adam Hogue again at 8.30. Kaz at 9. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com and Hampo's Truck, the Chevy Silverado on 720 WGN. Hi. Sorry about that. OB was wanting me to Never mind. It's my fault. 100% my fault. I'm not going to blame you. I'll be that's wrong. for your wallet. That, that's exactly right. Hey, uh, does your pet suffer from joint stiffness, mo- mobility issues, or anxiety? You should try Herbal Active Pet Serenity Snacks. They're enhancing the effects of CBD extract for your pet. They're all natural. They're lab tested, and they're THC-free. They've got three delicious flavors for large and small dogs and cats, too. Go to WGNCBD.com. You'll get 30% off today. Use that promo code WGN30 for 30% off. Try them out. They've got a money-back guarantee. Go to WGNCBD.com. The promo code is WGN30. Uh, That's WGNCBD.com. They also have stuff for humans, too, don't they, Yeah, Absolutely. that's, that's, That's the strength. I'll tell you what. I have used the active, herbal active balm on my hands, on both my hands. Fingers, my I could not make fists, folks. I could not make fist. He was always pointing at me. <laughs> well, that would be the arm pointing. I could I couldn't make fist, and I've used it now for almost three weeks. 
And look at guys. Look at those boom, hands. Boom, wow. boom. Oh. I move my hands. There's no problem. No, I'm really terrified. I can make a fist. Is there still a little bit? Because my hands are so bad. But I'll tell you what. What a blessing this is. Though the point I'm making right here, right now, I've used it. The bomb. I'll tell you what, folks. It works. He's going to buy a cow. He can get now. When I was a little kid, we had, to, we had to milk cows. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> I mean... There's a there's a level of flexibility. This is radio. You can't tell, but Obi's moving well right now. All right, let's get back into it here. 312-981-7200. Hampton Obi, the essential questions, uh, sponsored by the Marquee Sports Network. Watch Bear Essentials. Check out Hamp over on Marquee Sports Network. Uh, we have three questions this week. Is the Bears' offense better with Mitch Trubisky back under center? I think we have a divided panel here tonight. I actually think the answer is yes. I think I'm the only one that thinks that. Uh, number two is, is Nick, if Nick Foles is 100%, do you start him uh, this week versus the Lions over Trubisky? And number three is, which player on the team do you think played their heart out? We'll get to some of the responses coming on back here, but let me get back to the phone lines. Terry, Glenn Allen, welcome to Hamp and OB, brought to you by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com on 720 WGN. Go ahead, Terry. Oh, thanks. Uh, guys, appreciate your passion. Hans, I had to challenge you on the most storied franchise stuff because the stories are really, really old. And, you know, you guys are both champions. I really appreciate your passion. I love listening to you guys on the radio. But, man, most storied franchise, most of the people who knew those stories are dead. Okay. Well, if you uh, look at a couple of different measuring sticks, uh, number one, I think the Bears uh, have the – the most all-time wins is that correct the most all-time hall of famers i you know we could we could argue about this all day but the bears the bears were the footing and the foundation as my dear friend mr ob says all the time and there wouldn't be no pittsburgh steelers or san francisco 49ers if it wasn't for hallis and his perseverance and guiding the chicago bears to their rightful place as you know, part of the uh, the foundation of the league. But all I'm trying to tell you is there has been a, a, a thread of consistency throughout the years that even when, when I got here, the team wasn't any good. But my God, we would knock the living hell out of people. Plank and Fensick and the guys on defense. I mean, you know, it was, it was a black and blue division and there was a reason because people hit. People had passion. They played it. They weren't that great. They didn't win a lot of games. But even now, we don't see that same type of passion. And that's the thing that rips my heart out. The Bears have the most wins in the NFL of all time. Hamp is correct. So what would you uh, say? Let me jump in here. I mean, to me, all-time wins, all-time Hall of Famers, what else do you want? Okay, how many world championships? Eight or nine? How many has Green Bay got? Five? I'm just saying. You know, figure it out. Terry... The the one thing and and I understand where Terry's coming from, right? Like, I, I what exactly where, they hadn't done you know nothing in thirty years. It is, and uh, with Terry, enough is enough already. Don't tell me about what they were great and all. Amen. She doesn't want to hear it, and I understand that. But one thing I have to tell you, Terry, if it was not for George Hallis, and this is a fact, I know very much about this. Okay, he is the you talk about the footing, the foundation of something. It's him. It wasn't Wellington Myra out of New York. It wasn't any of those people. It was George Hallis. George Hallis gave monies 
to several teams to keep him alive way, way, way back when. Because he saw something. He knew something. So I would say, that's why I say it, Dan says it, and pretty much everybody, you know, they're the footing, the foundation. They're, they're, they're what the league is all about. And I would say that's what it is. But Terry... Believe me, I do understand where you're coming from. It's enough already. It's and been 35 agree. years from when Dan and those guys annihilated the New England Patriots. Annihilated them. They were the kings of the hill, and rightfully so. But it's been 35 years of excuses, of mistakes, time after time after time. It is enough. And you know, Terry, other, you are half correct. And you know what? The other night, Aaron Rodgers and that smug Packers went for it on fourth down a couple of times. Nobody would go on fourth down again. I'm just saying, that's how far we have fallen. And for, get- for the record, NFL championships, the Packers have 13, the Bears have nine, the Giants have eight, the Patriots have six, the Steelers have six. Now, of course, the Bears came 20, 21, I mean, early. And, and no, 80, we won our nine without quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, I don't even think it's biased, we have the greatest team of all time, and it's not because 99 is sitting here. It's, 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 it's a fact, I, I don't, even though it's not a fact. It's still a fact. All right, Greg in Flossmore, be quick, Greg, go ahead. Yeah, you guys are uh, they're players. You know about coaching. And can you believe this? He'd call me crazy. But what tells me that this this coaching staff doesn't have a clue is they have a punter, which can you know, call me nuts. I like Pat O'Donnell. That can kick the ball out of bounds inside the 20. He stands at the 50-yard line, and he punts it into the end zone every freaking time. You can't teach this kid how to kick it out of the inside the twenty yard line. He just booms it into the end zone. Now, is that, that Greg? The, I, I don't mean to do this to you, Greg, but the problem in Chicago right now is the not the one pothole on State Street. I mean, this is we got to. No, we gotta. I got that, but it, it just shows you what a, a this coaching staff can't even figure out how to. Kick teach a guy how to kick the ball inside the 20. Greg, he just booms it into the end zone. I, I, Greg, I understand where you're coming from, and I understand really? your frustration. I don't. And, and, and rightfully so. Listen, uh, if, if things it, it would be different, but, but boy, boy, when things are really going bad, and it's been going bad game after game, then especially the last few years, tell you what. Everybody's got, you know, there's a little something here, a little something he's there. He's culpable. And you know what? To me, it but, seems like every, so he's, I, I, I don't disagree with Greg. You, you know, the punters, they, they want to hit the wedge shot. They want to hit it at the three and make it bounce back and everybody go, ooh. And guess what? The old style of just directional kicking it out at the eight or the 10 or the 15, it all would help. But unfortunately, it's almost like nobody is being coached. 312-981-7200. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to hear from, uh, well, get a little more. We're going to get Mitchell Trubisky in here. I, whatever. I want to say that he played better than than, than I actually expected him to play, even though that's hard to say. Uh, Adam Host coming up at 830. Yes, Ham? I hate to say it. I know, I, I know you're not going to like this. Trubisky wasn't really the problem the other night. I didn't think so. Either. Okay, we'll I really, get to that. I, I really didn't we'll think get to that. He wasn't, he wasn't the reason. Yeah. Well, according to Trubisky... 
I have a few things I'd like to say about him, too. He, him coming into this game and what he was talking about before this game. I actually thought his press conference afterwards like he was more normal than he had been. That's not, probably not the word I'm looking for, but you get what I mean. All right, news coming up. Uh, news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on 720 WGN. If I had any perspective to take away from this, it would, or any positive, it would be that, I mean, just not being able to play in not being able to throw or practice, just being out there. Uh, I was grateful for that. Just being able to play the game, be out there with my guys. Obviously it, it went bad for us tonight. We didn't get the result we wanted. We didn't play the way we wanted, but um, for me being out there and playing with them is, is better than, than sitting out. So that was, that'd be the only takeaway, I guess that I would have that, that is positive because the perspective of just, not being able to be out them, it, it sucks. But um, the other things we can improve on. But so, just just grateful to be healthy again. That Excuse is, me. and that's your quarterback that, talking. That's Did you it. just listen to him. He's happy to be playing, Ob. My I get Lord it. Lord God Almighty. He hey, listen. The guy got benched. It was rough for him. He got its chance again. It was it was, uh, it was sweet and lovely. Delusional. You know, I, I, I love again, that cut. You know, the whole thing is it, it's it's getting laughable. It truly is. Hamp, hey, we want to get those calls, don't we? Sure. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hampton drives, drive a Chevy. And a thanks to our friends at Bartolini's. They brought in the pork shank tonight. It's been trouble. I mean, I we're, this show might uh, sound like there's energy, but it's about 38% of the energy because we're in a little bit of a food coma tonight. That was a, that was a significant undertaking. Uh, Bartolini is located at 144th of Pulaski in Midlothian. They're open t- seven days a week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for catering, 708-396-2333. Week after week, it's like a playoff a feast. It's I, unbelievable. I, I was very fired up for Bartolini's that today. That pork shank was... I I've thought ne- you would be on words. It was unbelievable. I've never seen you glow like that, Ob. It was, it was, it was, it was truly something. Dave, South. Dang, those fingers were working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're working now. Herbal active, good, for, good for the pork shank on a Tuesday night, right, Ob? There yes, you sir. go. There you go. Uh, Dave, South Florida. Welcome to WGN. How are you? Go ahead. Hey guys, I was the guy that said I'm going to drive off the cliff last week with the Chevy truck after watching the Bears <laughs> offense, but. <laughs> Glad you're I still with us, Dave. Week, guys. Hey, I got a question. I know this season. I think this season we're we're is kind of a we're at a standstill. I think we need to look at what's what do we got going on for next year as far as the younger players. But my question to you is, and I posed this a couple weeks back: is what head coach candidates do you guys foresee the Bears possibly picking? Maybe like a Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's... Offense coordinator or Josh McDaniels, and uh, any possible GM candidates you guys foresee in the future? Because these guys, we're dead in the water, and we we need a major overhaul. Dave, thanks for the call, and you, and you bringing up Eric Bieniemy. That's that's top of the food chain right there. He's going to be incredibly sought after, and there are a lot of jobs out there right now, uh, and some good ones and some bad ones. That... Yeah, and 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 you know what. It, it, I got to tell you, unbelievably, a lot of the uh, the brighter offensive minds are are coming out of the collegiate ranks. Think about Matt Rule. I mean, Carolina did everything but beat Minnesota this past weekend, and um, 
you think about uh, what's going on out in uh, Arizona. I mean, they're a handful. And it, nobody, I, I didn't foresee them having the type of success that they, that they're displaying. But, but, you know, somewhere, somehow, you've got to find the coach that is able to control this, this environment. You know, we, we, here, we just heard a quarterback that was talking about himself and how, oh, it was tough to get benched and, he, you know, he wanted to be back out there and all. I mean, an eight-year-old would have the same sentiments. I mean, you, 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 you've got to have a, a head coach and essentially a, a general manager that's able to control the entire organization but have a much more mature attitude about how they can go about being successful. And all this touchy feely and oh well I want I'm glad I was able to be back out there and all that. No, everybody knows that. That's what you get paid to do. You're supposed to want to be out there. So you know I, I again this thing I hate to say it it's like the inmates are are, are running the asylum. And to Ham's point well, as far as college coaches OB I'm sorry just a, Joe Brady's a, a name that's going to be you're going to hear a lot of. He's the Carolina's offensive coordinator comes from LSU. All right, let me tell you another name that you you might hear a lot of Danny Enos. University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Danny was down under Saban in Alabama. He's been at several schools. He he has an offense that is unbelievable. He throws everything but the kitchen sink at you. And he is the offensive coordinator at the University of Cincinnati. I think they're rated 7th, 6th, or 5th in the nation right now. Why? They moved that ball. He moves it all over the field. Remember that name, Danny Enos. He was also a head coach at Central Michigan, uh, 2010 to 2014. He was a running backs coach at Michigan State. He was right. offense coordinator at Miami. You gotta hear a lot. Of, you you gotta mark hear, my words. Remember, Dan Enos. I got Watch it. and see what happens. There you go, Kaz, Chicago Heights. Welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead, Kaz. Thank you, gentlemen. And I'll, I'll say what I'll say, and then I'll shut up because I want to hear you guys. Uh, appreciate your your professionalism, and thank you for bringing us championships. I get very frustrated, and it breaks my heart because it's at the top, and you're right. What is the McCaskey family's responsibility and culpability in all of this? Because the family whose father, who created the NFL and paid for these other teams to be there, it's like they are sullying their own legacy. They have no clue. So I really get frustrated, and God bless, but like I said, they show Virginia 98. She's watching the game. Does she not see what we're watching? Gentlemen, I'll, I'll let you just comment on that because I know you're loyal and you played for the family, so you know what it's like to win. I can't fathom that they don't see that. Kaz, thanks for the call. Uh, Thank you. I, I mean, Virginia's been watching this her whole life, so I, the, the concept to me that she's having some major epiphany now is a little bit curious. Well, and I've said this before. They don't know what they don't know, and they had to go and f- find somebody to find them a head coach, what, seven years ago when they brought John Fox in here. The guy's name was Ernie Ocosi, who was a football insider that was, uh, you know, drinking buddies with a bunch of the, you know, giant organization uh, coaches and management. And he brings us John Fox. Now, anybody, you know, happy with that decision? No, but they didn't know better. And so that's the way they went. So. Yeah, I, I read today that the Detroit Lions, who we play this this coming Sunday, they are going out and hiring a headhunting firm to basically find a coach for them. We've done that. 
And that's what I'm saying. If you've got to find a company to tell you who you should hire, you don't need to be in charge of the company. It's just that simple. You should understand enough about the, the, the actual dynamics of the game, the, the essence of what it takes to be successful in the world of pro football and identify the, the general manager, the coaches that have done things the way you think they should have and should be done when they are brought in here. And yet, they didn't know, so they went out and got Ernie to bring us John Fox. Look, and this is not rocket science. I mean, let's look at two teams in town. The Chicago Blackhawks. Let's start with them right here on 720 WGN. When Bill Wirtz passed away and Rocky Wirtz took over, and he put him on television immediately, then he looked around. Who's a really smart guy who's going to hire good people? Oh, that guy over there at the Cubs has, has done marketing like no one else has ever done it. Why don't we try John McDonough over here and see how that works out? Worked out pretty well. Let's look at the Cubs. Tribune sells them. Here come the Ricketts family. We're in trouble. Who's the smartest guy in all of baseball? Oh, Theo Epstein's available. Let's go try and see if we can hire him. This is not that hard to do. You hire good people. Those are two excellent points you made there. I remember first meeting John McDonough. It was at WTTW, and and they had a football show. I think it was like once a week or once a month, and a sports show. And I was on it, and they had their, their green room or purple room, whatever they call it. And I'm in there, and John McDonough, that's just when they made him the boss, okay? Mm-hmm. And if he comes in, and, and he walks up, and I, 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 I knew who it was. I've never met before. He comes over, he says, Ed, how you doing, John McDonough? Yeah, yeah. The next thing out of his mouth, he says, what did you guys do? How did you win in 63? I, as God is my judge, and if John was here, he'd tell you the same thing. That's it's like, oh, John, congratulations! I didn't even get to that. He wanted to know right right away, and I told him a story. A guy by the name of George Allen put this team together, and that's how I won because of him. And here's how he did it. But that was his first thing. Hi, Ed. Boom, boom, and then guess what? How did you guys do it in '63? Right. How did you build that team? Well, a lot of guys want to prove to you how smart they are, others, and then some people are going to try to get as much information. Uh, That's the smart way. Right, right. Uh, all right, hey, we'll come on back here. 312-981-7200. Adam Hogue at the bottom of the hour. Dave, John, you are next. Hampin OB. Bears have lost five in a row. Yes, you know, I, I, I happened to hear Vince Gill. He's a country music guy, right? And he was in a bunch of bands, and he was offered a job with the Eagles and uh, Pure Prairie League, and blah, blah. And they said, why were you messing with them when you had your own gig? You know, you could be... He goes, if I was the best player in the band, I'm never going to learn anything. So think about it. Smart people know, find people that are smarter exactly. than they are, and bring them in. And, Great point, Dan. And the quality of your life and how high you rise to is so much dependent on who is around you. So the, the five closest people to you that matters. So put five good people around you. Well, you got two right here, Mark. That, so I know. I know. Okay. I, I know. It. I'm, 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 I'm soaring right now, baby. I'm, hey, <laughs> you're kidding, but it's a true story. 720 WGN. Hey, Jeff Vukovic is back. That, he's the straight shooter. He knows insurance. He's on your side. He'd love to help you. Nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffVook.com. Vuk! He just happens to know a little bit about football, too. He does. Nationwide is indeed on your side. The Bears trying to make something happen. They're going to blitz for Oakland Smith, but the line does a good job. They pick it up, trap blocking, and then this is just poor tackling. This is the Bears defense basically giving up here. 
there it was. Tony Dungy saying that the Bears defense, the Bears defense, giving up right here. Yeah, you ever seen a dog on the freeway dodging cars? That that was what Eddie Jackson was doing about the two yard line, dodging the running back. Did you see him try? To, he may try to make him one tackle. I know how you tackle. I mean that that has that that philosophy has changed. He threw a low rolling dip shoulder block into the running back. What? And that and and folks, what we're saying is, okay, once out of every three times, maybe it works, but it's not going to always work, and that's not the way you have to tackle. You know, th- th- there's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way, and unfortunately, our defense has fallen into a bunch of bad habits. That results in giving up 41 points in a nationally televised football you game. You know, Danny, we talked about it's it. Just the, it's sick. The last half of last season, you and I both started to see the crack in the window. And the window started to close a little bit. And boy, it's starting to close now. You can still win a Super Bowl with this defense. But boy, do you need help from the offense. And still, there's no help from the offense. It's almost not that they're stagnant. It seems like they're going backwards. We can't score points. We can't convert on third down. And this is six years with Pace and what? Three years, four years with Nagy? Let me let me read you a quote, Obi. I thought you would like this one. It came out of a Dan Weeder's piece in the Tribune, passing game coordinator. He pulled out this quote from Dave Ragone. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He's talking about Trubisky throwing into the end zone, into double coverage, and getting picked up. Which, by the way, I, that was not great, but... As far as things that Mitchell Trubisky has done here that has been bad, that's like number 178. Right, right, you know, right. right. So, at any rate, here's the quote. He had an opportunity there. The reality is it didn't work out. With quarterback play and decision-making, this word starts again. interesting. There are certain things that are innate where when you're growing up playing the position, you develop a certain way to play. Then obviously you're able to be programmed by your coaches in terms of what you're looking to attack and when to take that opportunity. When you commit to making a vertical throw, you better be committed because if you don't, you might leave it short. I was taught as a young golfer that it's not how good your holes are, it's how good your bad holes are. The reality is when you play quarterback, you hope your bad decisions aren't fatal. That's negative thinking. Go ahead. The bad decision you hope lands incomplete or gets knocked down some way somehow when your bad plays and your bad decisions end up being some form of turnover, and then those situations start to build momentum for the opposing defense. That's not what you want. There's a long way around to saying that Trubisky, in my mind, he ain't got it. He ain't got it. And you know what? He's guessing, and that's what he's saying. Hey, you you know, you better be committed. Well, he's just thinking, oh, I'll just throw it up. And quarterbacks have to, you know, and the great ones, they realize it's a precious commodity. You don't get careless with it. All right, here's what's ridiculous. The 11th, we're going into our 12th game of 16. In the third quarter, we have scored one touchdown and we have kicked one field goal. You listen to me, folks. One touchdown after coming out after halftime, after revising your game plan and trying to fix the ills and go forward, you score one touchdown and one field goal in a third quarter. That tells you who this coaching staff is. Period. Dave in Wisconsin, welcome to Hamp and OB, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Go ahead, Dave. 
Oh, good to hear you guys again. See you guys again. Uh, Mark, that sums up our coaching staff right there, what Ragone said. That's just about how our coaching staff is. But let me tell you real quick. 1957, my first game at Lambeau Field, first game ever. And I went with my dad, and uh, I saw a guy on the sidelines with a hat on. He came running onto the field, about 20 yards onto the field. And I said, Dad, he's not supposed to be on the field. He said, well, that's George Hallis. He can do it, but Dave, he owns the league. I mean, he's just that good. And then I saw George try and kick a couple players in his butt. Now, that's, that's, that's enthusiasm. Now you go to our coach. He thought it was totally fine to throw that pass into the end zone after they were moving the ball fine. He didn't think there was anything wrong with that, the interception. You saw him on the sidelines talking to his player. After the game, he said there was nothing wrong with that. I would have kicked his butt when he came off that field. Now, how about the one in the, in the triple coverage? I would have benched him right there. Didn't he get benched for one interception against Atlanta? Yeah. And now they bring in the $22 million quarterback? This guy is in another world, this coaching staff. And I told you a couple weeks ago, getting conned by these guys, this Nagy and Pace. Thanks, Dave. Dave let me tell you something. The, one of the problems with this coaching staff, well, basically the head coach, he wants to be everybody's best friend. He Let's listen to what I'm telling you. He wants to be all the players. He wants to be their best friend. That's not how it works. You hold people responsible. And that position he has, with this short of a, a game schedule, 16 games, you hold people responsible. You teach them, and you hold them responsible. Well, here's where we... You don't be their best friend. That's not how you gain respect. You don't get the respect. You earn the respect. But wait, wait a minute. Let's go back to Dave Ragone. I remember last year... Mahomes was lighting up the league. The other day, what did he have, 350 yards in the first half? Yep. But Dave Ragone, when when they asked him something about, does Trubisky compare himself to Mahomes? And he went on in this little uh, idiotic uh, uh, diatribe about, well, Trubisky doesn't watch Mahomes. There's no sense in it, and that's not important <laughs> to compare yourself to somebody like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. I used to watch every film I could of Bubba Baker and Leroy Selman and all these great pass rushers and want to be like them. Want to, hey, what about, and, and, and this is the, the mindset. They want to shelter him and not let himself, you know, compare himself to Mahomes and maybe feel bad about it. I mean, this is, this is asinine. Yeah. Uh, that is that's that's an interesting. Go one back right and there. check the record. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I I I, I will. John, you got the callers. Yes, Obi. Uh, John and Elgin is ready for you right now. So go ahead, John. Be quick. Hey, how you guys doing? Great to be here. Good show. Uh, Owen Cruz had a good article some oh, maybe a week back about the real head of the snake, Ted Phillips. Don't you guys think that the McCaskies are giving him an earful? That's all I got to say. Thank yeah, you. There's an interesting one. I, I don't think they are, John, but maybe? Anybody? Well, the only thing, uh, when Jerry Venisi uh, uh, became general manager, and and uh, he would they would hire accountants to come in from other firms, and he worked for, I don't know, Anderson or some firm, and they'd, he'd come in for a half a day or a day or two days and go back, and they'd send him wherever. Anyways, Jerry Venisi finally hires him. Look where he is today. He's the guy making basically the decisions, and he's never been, never been an athlete or never been in the really 
football world. He's a dollars and cents guy. There's got to be a good dollars and cents off office over there if they don't want to move ten along. Just put them in the dollars and cents office. That's what you're going to do. That's that's what we. You got to get them away from that. Right. Eight thirty. Checking news. Adam Ho coming right on up. Seven twenty. WGN. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Wow! 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 Adam Ho rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. My guy Farmio. I don't know why I didn't realize he was on that open until now. 836. It's Hamp and OB. Cause coming up at 9. We're brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. My name's Mark Carmen. And this indeed is Adam Hogue joining us now on 720 WGN. Hello, Adam. Hello, gentlemen. I I, uh, I I can't believe this is happening again. Well, I can believe it, but I think this is the third time that we have uh, gone through one of these seasons where it just slowly starts to fall apart as the season goes on and on, and then now you get to December and the conversation shifts to job status. And go ahead, Ham. Well, yeah, you know what? And, and I, in my open tonight, I basically said we knew the offense was horse blank. And and at what point does Chuck Bacano and his and his you know inability to to maximize the talent we have on defense get called into the arena? Let me just say this. Did you look in on with horror like I did early in the game in plus territory when he was going three-man line, rushing Aaron Rodgers when he had the ball for seven seconds, waiting for someone to uncover in the end zone? I mean, I, I, I mean, that, that's, that's, hey, and I understand you can't blitz Aaron Rodgers every play. You got, you can't, but to go three-man rush and then let him pat the ball until somebody uncovers. I mean, this is inexcusable. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Hamp, because it's it's all fair. I mean, you uh, whether it's that yeah, dropping eight against Aaron Rodgers, not a good idea. Um, really having no answer for the motion the Packers do, which at this point is very well established and all over the tape, especially in 2020. I mean, this is what they do to create their mismatches. They put a guy in motion. They see how you react, and too many times the Bears reacted by. Danny Trevathan somehow ending up on Devontae Adams or Robert Quinn trailing in coverage or a wide-open Alan, Alan Lazard in the end zone. Um, th- th- I mean, they were out-coached. Absolutely. Thoroughly. And and Aaron Rodgers, it wasn't, it wasn't just the coordinator versus coordinator. It was Aaron Rodgers, like, picking apart Chuck Pagano at the line of scrimmage uh, over and over again. And that's why I still cannot believe these numbers as I look at them. But the first 36 plays the Packers had, they had 16 first downs and three touchdowns. That's astounding. Just out of the first 36 plays, they managed to get 16 first downs and three touchdowns. Like Those are actual numbers that happened against this Bears defense. Well... And it, it only gets worse. Late in the game, uh, Tony Dungy was making a big deal out of the fact that A-Rod was basically calling the blitzes out, saying Zorro, Zorro, when he knew that Scrine, Screen, or whatever his name is, was going to be trying to blitz in the five-gap. And, of course, you know, he threw it on a, on a takeoff to uh, 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 Tanyan. 
It was unbelievable. Yeah. Just a little sidebar. Uh, yes, Obi. I'd just like to say something here, Adam and and Danny, and Mark. Did you guys ever catch when when <laughs> when Rogers would coming out? He'd come up to the huddle. And he's standing there, and he look, and then he kind of turned to the right. And did you ever see he had a little smirk or a little smile on his face? Did oh, yeah. Anybody catch that besides me? Oh, yeah. He's I, always having fun. You well, know, if you, if you words, don't get he's touched. Looking, he's, he's looking. He's saying, these fools are in this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picked up on. He really was. He was, he was toying with the Bears' defense. It was, yes, he was. If you can take the Bears-Packers part of it out of it, which I think is hard for all of us and our listeners too, and and just sit back as a as a neutral football observer and and observe what Aaron Rodgers did Sunday night, it was it was just beautiful. Like it was just a master class in how to be a quarterback in today's NFL. And it guess, was really and, really impressive. And Adam, and against one of the best defenses the last two three years in the league. You know, in the top one, two, three in in the entire league, and look at what he did to us. Well, let's not yeah, and, go ahead, Adam. You know, sorry, just real quick, and, and not to make this a Packers show, but you know, I had a big question about the Packers coming into this game because they had struggled against the Bucks and they had struggled against the Colts at least half of that game. Those were the two best defense they had played before Sunday night. So I go, I went into this game thinking, all right. I'm really interested to see what this Packers offense looks like. Well, after what well, they did, I mean, to me, they're a real Super Bowl contender now. Let's not bury the lead here. i got to rewind back to where we started. Do you think that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are going to be here if they finish 7-9, and 6-10? Um, I think that that creates a very, and I, and I wrote about this after the game, it creates a very tough situation because of the contracts. Um, like the, the next two months are going to be fascinating, and it's not just the result. It's a matter of you have a you have a GM that's going in the final year of his contract, right? And regardless, whoever's making the decisions this off season, you need to get a new quarterback, right? Like somebody somebody needs to evaluate the draft again and come out of this draft, which has four or five pretty decent quarterbacks, pretty good quarterbacks, and grab one of those guys. So do you trust Ryan Pace to do this again? No. I, th- I think yeah that that's why I think I I am at the first time now starting to lean towards it's not just a matter of do you think Ryan Pace should be back? Do you think Matt Nagy should be back? It, it's more about the NFL business at this point and you just start adding up A plus B plus C and you go uh, this seems to just be trending towards a situation where you do go get a new GM. Now I guess, and this is just me guessing at this point, but I can almost see it playing out sort of similar to what the Bulls did and where they say, hey, look, we're – and, and by the way, if that includes, like, moves all the way up to Ted Phillips, I, I think that's the stuff the Bears should – if they're going to do this again, they need to – they really need to look at the big picture. They can't just go through all oh, we're recycling a new GM and a new head coach again. You're going to have the same people doing the hiring and the firings again. I mean, I think that's a legitimate question and a fair question at this point if you're going to go down that road. So, um, anyway, I could see them maybe making a change at general manager and then saying that coaching is the coaching decisions up to the new GM. Okay, that being said, the Mitchell Trubisky experiment, you're calling that a done deal. Now, that being said, you know and I know, 
if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be the starter the next five weeks. And, you know, we, we listened to some of his psychobabble about how, you know, it was his time to be back out there and him work with Bill Lazor and he was going to do. I, I'm just saying, whether you like it or not, they have to see what he is able or capable of these next five weeks. Do you not agree? Uh, yes, but I also think the ship has sailed. I mean, <laughs> mainly because I think of what, even if you were going to give him a chance um, to, I don't know, prove you wrong or prove that he can be great. Um, the fact that he just ran, I, mean, I can't, I can't get this play out of my mind Sunday night. He, he, he ran out of bounds again. Second and four, make it third and seven. Could have thrown it into the stands. Instead ran out, lost three yards. He's not smart. He's proven it a zillion times. Realized that nobody except you know a handful of reporters got to watch training camp this year, which took place at House Hall. I was thinking about this but exact was, thing. Yeah, go ahead. I was I was at House Hall. I just got Carm. I just got done writing about this, so I'm, it's on my mind. But I was at House Hall the day it happened. Mitch had an unbelievable practice, and, and I wrote it at the time. It may have been the best practice I've ever seen him have. Okay, and that's just not that's not Nagy saying that every week. That's me saying this. Okay, and then at the end of practice, they run a goal line play at the one yard line, and he rolls out to his right, and he just runs out of bounds for a loss of three at the one yard line. Nagy afterwards said, "Those are critical errors that we can't have. He's not going to do that again." And then here we are later in the season. It's second and four. He rolls out to his right. He's trying to get David Montgomery to run a route so he could throw the ball, which actually would have been the smart thing, but Montgomery didn't listen. Well, then just throw the ball away. No, he runs out of bounds. So these are – the mistakes aren't changing. They're still the same mistakes. And, yes, the offense is better with Trubisky, and, yes, he should play, but he can't be the solution going forward, and he's not. For the record, too, I mean, the game was most likely over, but at that point, they had scored going into the half. It was 27-10. This was the first drive, correct me if I'm wrong here, Adam, of the second half. You're trying to get back in the game, and he ran out of bounds and gave up three yards. It was just, it was, if you can't have that one, in, if, you, if you don't, like, I, okay, reading defense is a little more complicated. Running out of bounds when you know if you throw it away, you save three yards. That's not hard to do. The excuses they gave was like he didn't know where he was on the field, which I'm always amazed that guys really know where they are on the field. How'd they know the first down was right there? Because they're professionals. They're really good at their job. That's what they do, and that's what he should have done. Yeah. Did you guys, do we have to take a break here? We, we Good knowledge, yes, but Ham's got something. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just also going to say, you know, it, it, beyond his inadequacies, what about the fact that it seems to me the last four or five times we've matched up against the Packers, us coming off of a bye week, the Packers have been far and away the most physical club on the field on both sides of the ball. And it, I, when I saw David Montgomery bust that that first run, I'm like, wow, maybe this is a new day, a new a new you know dimension. And yet, the rest of the night, we never tried to develop the play action or, or the bootlegs or anything. We've gotten you know we fell behind because the defense collapsed, and then it was more seven step drop with Trubisky throwing it up for grabs. 
We'll come on back here with Adam Hogue. We'll take some calls with Adam if you want to. 312-981-7200. Kaz is coming up. A lot to cover here. It is 720 WG. Real quick, one thing here. Yeah, it's amazing. We can sit here and talk. This is week after week. We come out here for three hours. You know what? All we talk about are the bad things. Why? What do you really talk about that's positive and that's reassuring that they're going to go out the next week and correct the problems and go out and get the job done? Are you issuing a challenge to Adam to talk about positive things? I don't think that's No, I'm not talking about nothing at all. I'm just saying this. He's saying it's bad coaching. They don't eliminate mistakes. That's it. That's what they had nothing. What? what? (laughs) 720 WGN. Hey, Matt. uh, I think what irks Bears fans watching that game last night is not just that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but that the play design makes it so much easier for him. You know, why can't the Bears get Allen Robinson open like the Packers do Devontae Adams or Anthony Miller open like the Packers do Alan Lazard? Is that a legitimate complaint? Are those legitimate questions? I'm I'm not going to get into all that right now. I think that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that go into a lot of what you just asked. So uh, I, I just... Our guys know how we execute, how we call plays, how we run plays, what we do, where our mistakes are, where, where our, our strengths are. And, uh, again, I thought yesterday um, that there's certainly, you know, between the penalties and the turn – I thought, that, you know, the turnovers against a team like this, uh, when they're having the success they're having on offense, you just can't have that. So, to me, it's the biggest part of yesterday offensively was more so just about the turnovers and then just losing some of that field position in the penalties. So this is the world of bizarre. Uh, Listen, nobody asks better questions at at Bears press conferences than Adam Hogue, our Bears reporter. But I love Mark Potash. He is the guy is But the answers. I'm talking about the answers. I know you are. They're they're, how he doesn't have an answer. I I can't (laughs) work. How do you even come up with those things that he's talking about? Is it a fair question? A lot of people say that you suck. Is that fair to ask you? Um, Adam, you have any response to that one? Uh, first of all, I also love Mark Potash and 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 his question. Um, they they entertain me during these press conferences. You know, I had a uh, a weird moment today where I thought I was in a time machine. I, I happened just at the right time to be looking on Twitter when Doug Peterson's press conference popped up. His press conference today after last night's loss. And I thought I was in a time machine and gone back three weeks ago to Matt Nagy press conference because the topics were all about who should be playing quarterback, um, what's this team's offensive identity, and should Doug Peterson be giving up play calling? I mean, it was was the exact same things we've been talking about in Chicago all season going back to last season as well. And I think – you know, when this is all said and done, you you guys talked about the physicality right before we took that break, and I totally agree with that. This Bears offense has not been physical enough, and they haven't had an identity. If this is indeed the end of the Matt Nagy era, and I'm not completely sure it is, but regardless, that's what, to me, these last three years have been about, not being physical enough and not having any kind of offensive identity. Also, Adam, he doesn't have them ready to – that's the thing that jumps out at me. I mean, there's defensive game plans, offensive. you got your quality control people going over the last three games. Your opponent played offensive. They give you all the tendencies. You put your game plans together. And they don't have this team ready to play. And, and that's what I see. Somebody else may see something totally different, but I've been around this game long enough, and that's what I see. They're not 
ready to compete. He doesn't have them ready. Well, I think that, um, you know, I would have disagreed with that on the defensive side of the ball until Sunday. But they were not ready to play defensively on Sunday. And I, and I guess what I would say from that, and I think this is where you're going, OB, is, is from, more from a schematic standpoint, right? Like yes. they're not, they're not, the, the, the first 15 plays of the game are supposed to be scripted and you're supposed to have new wrinkles. You're supposed to be schemed specifically to what you see on tape that week. And I, I agree with you. I, I think most weeks when we see them come out of the gate, it's the same stuff. Exactly. It's, and and it doesn't really add up. And um, that part of it, I agree. It's frustrating because it, it doesn't seem like there's a plan. Look, look. Yeah, one thing that really, and again, not to make excuses, but for the Bears to you know bust the big run, get down to the goal line, and then Cole Komet not being able to come up with the catch, and then Allen Robinson dropping it on third down in the back of the end zone. Two touchdown passes. It, 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 to me, it really it almost paralyzed the entire offense of the Bears. They, they started like ducking and chucking then, and it wasn't the same. And that tells you they're just playing or coaching or scheming by the seat of their pants. Well, and guys are never wide open, right? I mean, I'd like to – and no one's wrong. Cole Komet needs to make that play. Al Robinson needs to make that play. And and maybe things play out a little bit differently if you get the confidence of scoring right away. But they weren't wide open. You know, like no one's ever wide open. Can there ever just be a wide open guy? And and they're not, they're not schemed open. And I think that that's um, – and, and, and by the way, slow starts, as we're talking about themes here – Slow starts have continually been a problem for this team under Matt Nagy. Adam, we got about one minute, but let's just look at the future here. The Lions this week just fired their their GM, just fired their coach. The Texans lost their best receiver, Will Fuller, performance enhancing drugs. Um, you know they've had a, a, a subpar season. The Bears have had good success against the Vikings. The Jaguars are are death, and then you have the Packers last week of the season. The game might not mean anything. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could have a lot of wins there for whatever you that's could, worth. Or, or you could have terrible losses. Um, <laughs> that's true, too. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia's not there anymore. I think that's a bad thing for the Bears because they don't have him to inexplicably play man defense against Mitch Trubisky in the fourth quarter uh, when that's pretty much the only way Mitch Trubisky can beat you. So yeah, all of a sudden I like the Lions' chances a little bit more. Deshaun Watson – you guys remember that Patrick Mahomes game last year? Now, granted, that Chiefs team was a lot better, but Deshaun Watson comes to Soldier Field in a couple weeks, that could look really bad if he goes off. And by the way, he's been playing outstanding this he's year on the bad team. Yep. So I agree with you. There's opportunities for a win. There's also opportunities for this thing to get worse. That is an interesting way to look at it. Because if you lose these games, then it becomes really apparent. Not that it's not already apparent, but like, oh my God. So If, if you blow uh, these next four games, they, forget about the Packers, because they'll have it wrapped up, and they're not going to play Aaron Rodgers the last game of the year. They're not going to play him against us, not against this defense. You wouldn't think they would need to? Uh, no, they, they wouldn't. So what's so important are these four games? Adam Ho, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Adam. All right, thanks, guys. Have Adam. a good night.
Adam Hogar, Bears reporter on 720 WGN. Kyle's coming up at 9. and play football. I gotta tell you, you two are just adorable. I mean, seriously. Just to be able to sit here at the break and... Obi, you want to tell everybody what you just asked Dan? Uh, which part? The, 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 just the, the very innocent question you just asked him. Oh, that was a very innocent question. He's expounding question. tonight. <laughs> are you are you talking about the two worst plays or no, what's not his that favorite one. song yeah. to sing? What's his favorite song hey, to what, sing? What, what, right. we well, what, what then You got the Chicago Six, your band. But I ask you, and this is, by the way, for a specific reason. Because I remember you sang Vehicle at my birthday, and you just blew it out of the charts. Is that your favorite song? No. Sing and no. play? No, you know actually we um, we have a number of uh, originals that I really like. One is the uh, baddest team alive that I wrote. It's good, pretty good tune. I think we've got a copy of it here somewhere. Somewhere maybe we'll play it. Hey, uh, I'm I'm kind of curious what Kaz thought was uh, the two worst plays of the night this past Sunday night. Kazi, uh, it was the uh, coin toss and then um, the end of the game. <laughs> How about the plane taking off? Honestly, I mean, listen, uh, you know, as soon as they said uh, they did the coin toss, um, it got ugly. And then the end of the game, it was uglier because the Bears acted like their offense was really putting it together and really making a storming comeback. So, I mean, you know, look, it's it's obvious. Um, We're not changing the ownership, right, guys? Let's all talk this through we're not um at the end of this year i believe that uh, you're going to have a new president and i think it's going to happen in part because ted phillips is probably going to want to retire and he's been there a long time so that's a great thing um, you know for uh him and for the organization because we're not changing ownership but oh by the way you could hire a donkey and they could look at Ryan Pace and what he's done, and they will fire him immediately. Even a donkey would fire him. And then once you fire him, you're going to look at the coaching staff, and you're going to fire them. And then you're going to go down to the dogs on the team, and you're going to fire them. And that's how this is going to unfold. And and I'm just telling you, I mean, I'm just speculating, but I believe with all my heart, you cannot continue to run out this garbage product and expect people to love and support you anymore. Well, Glenn, Did I get a little uh, overly aggressive on the start, guys? <laughs> yeah, you know, no. Tell you us how you Glenn? feel. Because, yeah, things are yeah. what they are. You know, yeah, well, it, it, Here's it, the other thing, Ed. Just let me tell you. Dan ahead. has written a lot of really good songs, and he actually wrote a country-western song that, uh, uh, that you know, his uh, buddy in one of his original bands sings, and it's one of the best songs I've ever heard. So, Dan has written a lot of good songs. <laughs> well, you know, right, Dan? What but you, but, I mean, well, thanks, guys. But w- what you're saying is we're seeing the end of it and all she wrote with the Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace duo. They have to yeah. go. There's, there's no question about it. the president being, um, you know, he's, look, you can call it what you, what you want, but I'm sure it's going to be a retirement. And that's great because 
again, he, you know, he has uh, been there a long time. Heck, Dan, he was there uh, when you and I were there, right? So Ted Phillips has gone through the ranks over the years, and it's probably a good time for him to step down and walk away and, um, you know, uh, say uh, goodbye. But once he's gone, all the other dominoes fall, and then you start to – you know, get to the real nitty-gritty. So, you know, the rest of the year, you know, uh, shockingly, right, Nagy challenges the team to step up and what are you doing and blah, blah, blah. Now? You're going to do it now? I mean, here's a good stat. So the Bears were 5-2. and two. The Pats were 2-5 and five after seven games. The Pats are now 5-6. and six. They've been 3-1 and one in the last four games. The Bears are 0-4. Can you name, other than Cam Newton, because we all know they signed him and they signed him for cheap, can you name anybody else on their team right now on the offensive side of the ball? Edelman, maybe? That would be it. That's about it. But... And, and they're 3-1. and one. Why? Because they, they figured it out. quality NFL coaching. Well, he's had he's, – he's, right? he's schemed incredibly well for Kyler Murray – beat the Cardinals. He schemed incredibly well for Baltimore, beat Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the Jets, I mean, I get it. That's a throwaway game. Because anybody, well, I don't know the Bears could beat the Jets right now, but right? Think, uh, it, does anybody disagree with me? These guys are coaching, and they're winning with a bunch of uh, guys that you never heard of. And they're just showing up, and he's challenging these young guys, and they're figuring out how to win, and it's always ugly. But they win. And I got to listen to Matt Nagy challenge the defense because they didn't play well against Green Bay. Well, he wanted. Are he you wanted, kidding me? Score yeah. some points. He wanted, he wanted everybody to go home and take a long look at themselves and everybody come back. When I, my recommendation to Nagy would, would be uh, <laughs> go to Best Buy, get the biggest mirror you can find, take it home. Put it in your bedroom and just sit there and look at it. And you'll figure out who the hell uh, the worst player is or the worst coach is or the well, worst person to be coaching that team. It's not a mystery. I mean, they beat they beat the Cardinals for the rock of the Patriots. Cam Newton threw for 84 yards. 84. Right. Think about it. So here they are. Here's a team that shouldn't be competing with anybody. And they've won three out of the last four games. And then we have this Bear team that starts 5-2. and two, And they, you know, they really they've lost five in a row. But in the last four games, because that's the best way to compare the two teams, you know, uh, back-to-back, they've gone 0-4 and have been spanked by everybody. I mean, it, did you ever feel, I mean, it, it was like, yeah, they'd make these great comebacks, but you never felt like they were going to win the game because they were manhandled throughout the game. They couldn't score points. Well, cause when we four points, you're going to lose a game. Well, not a, but on the other side of the ball, think about this: while we go to break, Aaron Rodgers played a 60 minute football game and never was touched during the contest. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. take we'll, all right. You, all right. you guys want to talk about a couple of quick things here after the break? I, I, I beg with you. All right, okay, outstanding. Yep, we'll take a break. All, all right, right. Uh, hey, Kofi, thank you for holding on there. You're going to be first up coming back here too. Kaz wants to talk to you. So to Hampton will be at 7:20 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is back in the WGN huddle right here. He knows the insurance business. He prides himself on doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. Check out our guy JeffVuk.com. Vuk. 
Nationwide is on your side. Whatever it is, I know this. Uh, we better wake our tails up. Every freaking coach on the on the staff, every player better wake up and start start understanding where we're at. Have some personal pride. Have a freaking ses- sense of urgency. Know where we're at. Have some pride into who we're playing for and why we do this. And uh, and then and then go find a way to win as a team. That's my challenge to every single person in that building this week. Is that? And and so uh, yesterday was flat out embarrassing. Um, and and uh, our guys know it. That, I'm not telling you something they don't know. They know it. But we're gonna we're gonna step up. And uh, all coaches, all players, and we got five games left. So um, for us, it's our own personal challenge as to where we're at and how we're going to do this thing. But that performance yesterday um, is, uh, is ridiculous and, and, and can't happen. And, and obviously that starts with me. Love, Go to the caller. Yeah. Yes, sir. Any thoughts on that quote, Obi? No, well, the only thing I could come back with him, you know, he makes he makes those quotes. All, it's everybody, but not him. Okay, and all I want to do is go back to the Ram game, Ram game this year, folks. If you remember, this was just before the end of the half. The Rams punted the football, and we had twenty seconds on the clock and a timeout. And you know what play he called? Run into the locker room play. <laughs> okay? Run into the locker room play. That's what he called. Guess what? The Packers, I forget who they were playing against the other day. They had 19 seconds left and they had one timeout. They went down the field and kicked the field down the field and kicked a field goal for 3 points in 19 seconds. This guy surrenders and tells the team, "Okay, we got 20 seconds in a timeout. Let's go into the locker room." You I ain't making this up, folks. Orange slices, halftime. Let's go. Kofi. Juice boxes. Thank you for being patient, Kofi. You're a hero. We're going to give you a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering. It's family-owned. It's operated, and it's serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus their world-famous meatballs, 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian. They're open seven days a week for dining, patio seating, and to-go orders. Details at Bartolini's.com. Obviously, there's no dining right now. Kofi, go ahead. Hey guys, uh, before I talk, um, I just want to say it's an honor uh, to talk to um, uh, Ed Obradovich and Dan Hampton. I like what you guys have done for the game. Y'all poured your blood, sweat, and tears out for this game. You guys are like the epitome of what Bears a Bears team should be. And speaking of Bears defense, what in the holy heck happened with the Bears defense on Sunday? I do not know what just happened, but... I did not see nobody on that defense make any type of tackles. Eddie Jackson was just lax, not making any tackles. Roquan Smith was non-existent. We have spent over $400 million on that defensive line. Khalil Mack did not show up. Robert Quinn did not show up. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could have just went to the locker room, took a shower, came back, and thrown a pass down to Devontae Adams, and they would have gotten a touchdown. I do not know what's going on, but this team is so poorly coached and so poorly mismanaged. Uh, those three stooges, uh, Ted Phillips, uh, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy, I, I'm done with them. I am almost 30 years old. I've seen this team just fail constantly so many times. And one stat that I have to bring up is that 
up until 1992, the Bears were up 24 games against the Packers. And ever since 1992, the Packers are 42 and 15. And that is unacceptable. Hey, hey Kofi, and, um, before you go, Kofi, just want to end on a positive note. What was your favorite moment in your 30 years as being a Bears fan, Kofi? What stands out for you? Uh, the Super Bowl. That's the one thing that stood out to me in 2006 when we went to the Super Bowl. But other than that, I mean, right, so it's Co- just been misery. Kofi, hey, hey, Kofi, we're just going to put you up for caller of the year running. <laughs> Kofi, that, that was a great call, kiddo. Kofi, when when your head hits the pill tonight, just think about the opening kickoff. Think about Devin Hester running down the field, and think about how good you felt, Kofi. That no, day, we all I mean, knew it was over when he ran it for a touchdown. I mean, the thing is, every like team that bears, runs it, right? Go yeah, ahead. Bears, every team that returns up, the opening kickoff loses the Super Bowl. It's like a written rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to win that one too when when Devin Hester returned that kickoff. I, I was so excited. I know and you then did, after Kofi. That happened, I was like, oh man, Greg's Grossman. I'm like, man. <laughs> Kofi, Kofi, just just know when your head hits the pillow tonight, one day, I'm not saying tomorrow, I'm not saying next year, I don't even know if it's going to be the next 10 years, but you're going to have that feeling again. So just hang in there, all right? I wanted more to in a trophy. <laughs> you know, important, more importantly, Bartolini's, buddy. Yeah, there is nothing better than that. Trust me. There. I'm out west, and I would give my left arm and right leg to have a little Bartolini. So a- you get $50 worth. So enjoy it. They brought in the park shoulder tonight, Kaz. It was a, it was a new wrinkle. By the way, yeah. uh, you know, I was looking at some of these stats. Over the last 20 years, the Bears have had how many winning seasons, OB? None. Seven. They've had seven winning seasons. They've had five <laughs> playoff appearances. How many wins in the last 10 years in the playoffs? None. Zero. Yeah, I was going to say zero. Whatever there, you're going to ask me, I'll they, give you the answer now. Whatever you're going to ask none. me, none. You, okay, you know what the worst stat that they brought up on Sunday night to me was, which I thought was completely amazing? The Bears quarterback who has thrown the most touchdown passes against the Green Bay Packers. You guys remember that graphic? Because I hadn't put that one no, together. I was pretty much vomiting okay. at that point. Well, the, the Mark, an- so explain it to us. Well, the answer was with 16 touchdown passes was Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman! He played in the 40s when they didn't even throw the football or barely threw the football. Well, if you look at his stats, they did. Well, right. He, 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 he was unbelievable. Yeah, right. He was unbelievable. He had a completion percentage of about 50%. He threw like 10 touchdown passes a year. He was great then. I mean, this is the guy. 70 well, but, years. Mark, remember, up until 1992, we were still crushing them. I, I'm you not. Know, I'm not. Four game lead is is a whooping. Right. That's fine. But we weren't crushing them. And this, but with Bob Avellini and Vince Evans, and uh, I'm just going to name well, all Hamps quarterbacks. It wasn't about beating them up. It was about beating them up. Right. <laughs> right, right. I mean, hey, look, win or lose, you wanted to beat up the Packers, and and you know, again, we the defense would carry us through most of those years when. Um, we would beat the Packers. It was the defense. There's no question about it. And that's what was so disappointing about that defense not showing up. But let's call it what it is. Khalil Mack had a, you know, he wanted to prove that uh, the Raiders made a mistake, and he gave us one good year. That's it. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know what his number is, but he might as well not wear a number. And I don't know who 92 is, but that could be the worst player I've ever seen with the worst effort on most plays going up the middle. You know, and of course, 
Akeem Hicks, uh, Ed, as you pointed out, yeah. you're right. It really he's the did. man. He made uh, he made Khalil Mack look a lot better in that first year, but uh, you know it's the the truth is I, I'm watching guys that didn't even try to tackle anybody, and that 92 on a couple of plays really stood out. Not even who what the kid Brett name Urban. Is. I, I'm just it's saying 92. his number because I don't care what his number is. Hopefully he's out of the league. Um, or he should be at least out of Chicago because he he's not he you know he doesn't even make an effort. Uh, but I will say uh, Johnson, the cornerback, blew up the wide receiver on a pitcher perfect hit. You know, in today's NFL guys, have you ever seen a better hit by a cornerback than he put on uh, the wide receiver from the Packers in the fourth quarter when it you know it really didn't matter, but he just lit him up and it was beautiful. That I mean, that's what you want, right? Cause as we look at the uh, the last five games coming up, you know, and, and again, you you can't look past the Detroit Lions. Now, that was the opening game. Remember, this was the Bear team, the new and improved, and everything was going to be great. And Trubisky had to throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter for us to be able to take a lead, and then Devonte uh, uh, Swift drops a, a sure touchdown pass that would have beat us and yet everybody's thinking now that Detroit's fired their coach this is going to be a walk in the park and Matt Nagy's going to assert himself as the new Svengali and challenge everyone what do you think the Bears look like this coming week in Detroit in here no no it's here that's right it's It's in Chicago Kaz, hold hold, hold that thought, too, because we're going to get to news. You can give us uh, your pick uh, or whatever, the chances. Well, it's not a pick. I could tell you exactly what. I mean, Dan's right. But we'll we'll talk after news. 9-30, WGN. We got to, again, see where where Nick's at, and we want to just continue to keep kind of evaluating. Again, I I thought that that Mitch, uh, he did a good job. Uh, I would I would probably prep for that, but I again we we just want to I got to see where Nick's at and and keep talking with Mitch. But uh, I thought that personally that from what he played and how he played yesterday in the situation we were in, that uh, I don't see why not. Why should be fired right there? Explain Ob seven twenty WGN Hampton Ob brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago dot com. Did he? change his mind in the middle of the sentence is that is that what you're going with first he's got to talk to nick then by the end of it, he's like ah, i don't see why not i'll just start him let's go with let's go with mitchell trubisky cause who do you want to see start on sunday and i know it doesn't matter on who i think you're gonna say but like if you had to... I mean, I'm, I'm laughing with what Ed said because he's honest you know what that guy said was so ridiculous. And I'm just talking about what he just said, right? Oh, oh. Absolutely, Glenn. This, and we'll do that, and, you know, maybe we'll flip and flop, but it's never my fault. It's all these other uh, players' fault. But, I mean, the guy guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head. It's embarrassing. And it's time to just acknowledge that. And when you look at the NFL – across the board, it is razor thin week to week. It's matchups, right? I mean, we talk about passing the ball, but really what it is is just creating mismatches in personnel and coaches and staffs that can do it, like I pointed out with the Pats, who 
they don't have they don't have a really good team, but they have the same record as the Bears right now. Well, and I and think the Bears a lot are of much more talented, right? Well, yeah. Uh, there's no question that the Darth of coaching is starting to really manifest itself. Think about this. You know, there was a bunch of garbage stats that Trubisky was able to kind of sneak into the fourth quarter, but going into the start of the fourth quarter, he was 12 of 23 for 120 yards. Now, that's a 5.2-yard average per attempt. He had one touchdown, yet two interceptions, a scoop and score where he fumbled right. the ball for a 45.5 quarterback rating. Now, for a coach to say he thought he did a really good job <laughs> makes you start to say, okay, who's who's doing the evaluation? And that's that's what this all comes down to, doesn't it? I think the word is yeah. delusional. Yeah, well, it's it's nuts because – he was awful, and I, I, you know, I was sitting there and I'm watching uh, the game, and I'm, uh, you know, down, down, way down south where it's nice and warm, and watching this game. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, um, he's going to get a bunch of garbage yardage, and then Nagy's going to say, oh, he played okay, but he didn't. You know, when you fumble a ball and you give it up and it's a scoop and score, your touchdown is now neutralized because you just gave up a touchdown. And then you turn it over twice with interceptions. You gave up points. So uh, it, it's it's hard to understand, but, uh, you know, we got to put up with it for five more weeks. But think about the fact that this is the week he challenged all the players. Well, you know, the next time he'll do it, it'll be against Jacksonville. Because those are the two worst teams on the schedule right now. Bingo. Right? Exactly correct, Len. So he picked the Lions to say, and oh yeah, the head coach and the GM got fired. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you look at uh, this year especially in the NFL, most teams that have done that and cut their GM and their head coach have actually turned it around and played better football. Len is one of them. Yeah, and the Houston Texans, who we will right, see in way. two weeks. Now, let me ask you this: as looking at the defense, and everyone, you know, had this certain, you know, position in their mind about what our defense would be capable of matching up with the Packers. To see them fall apart in little pieces and be out schemed and outplayed in a total effort in four quarters, do you have any confidence? And Chuck Pagano and what he's trying to do with that defense. And, you know, case in point, early in the game, he went three-man, you know, line pass rush, and Aaron Rodgers held the ball for seven seconds, and, oh, yeah, he woke up and threw it into the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, because he had seven seconds. Uh, yeah, I, no, I don't. The answer is no. And, um, unfortunately, this is – you know what? It really is uh, one of the better defenses from top to bottom in the National Football League, but they've lost faith in what they're doing. I mean, it's it is clearing clear and obvious. Does anybody disagree with that? Those defensive players are playing like dogs right now because they just you know first off they got a quarterback that they know is going to figure out a way to lose the game for them. And they've got a head coach that doesn't have a clue, and then they have a D coordinator that's putting them in bad position. Glenn, it, it's stupid. Glenn, the situation is: you ask a question, I'm going to try to answer for you. Please listen. He, uh, the, uh, since Pace has been here and Nagy's been here, 
you the defense uh defense has been uh Vic Fangio did a magnificent job of putting a defense together and there they were I mean playing stellar football and it's was game after game year after year after year but Dan and I and we we brought this up last year Glenn about the last half of the season I started to see that gap start to close, that window start to close with our defense. And now you're really seeing it starting to shrink, although it's still good enough to win your Super Bowl, I believe. But I'll tell you, it's going down. And if for whatever reason, if they ever lose, Akeem Hicks, that defense is done. It's done. But the point being, you've had an offense that you should have brought up the snuff. You didn't do it because you had a defense that was here, ready to go, week to week, proving every week how damn good they were, stopping people. And you went from week to week, month to month, year to year with your offense, doing the same damn thing. You know what they were doing? Nothing. Yep. You're right, Ed. And so I guess the answer is, uh, Mark, uh, yeah, the Lions uh, will probably come out and give the Bears a difficult game and maybe beat them because, quite frankly, they're going to play hard for the new coach uh, and just, you know, they've got it. They, they're trying to earn their jobs back again because they know there's changes coming. And you've seen it. Like I said, you know, there may be eight teams in each division, right, NFC, AFC, in the playoffs. So the Bears, you know, even though they're sitting at five and six, they're still in the hunt. They're not because they're poorly coached, and these players just don't buy into it anymore. And you're seeing it out on the field now. I agree. This is where I'm going to get, uh, perhaps put myself in peril here. But if you are rooting for change, this is a week that you don't want the Bears to win. You lose to Detroit, they will, as the Hamp likes to say, they're going to come with the torches and the pitchforks if you if you lose to yeah, the Lions. But, well, I'm going to tell oh, Glenn, go ahead. you guys watch Detroit play defense. Do, do you see their calls? I watch them play defense. You, you talk about, I, I said to Dan, the Bears deploy their no-nothing offense. Well, guess what? Look at Detroit. Every week they deploy the no-nothing defense. <laughs> They have their cornerbacks and safeties playing 15 to 20, 25 yards off off the line of scrimmage, and that's basically starting the game. And they're Just watch coverage, Ed, to it, boot in that coverage. You know, 15 yards it's off. the no-nothing defense man. playing against the no-nothing offense. We'll see who wins. So let me ask you guys a question before Kaz goes here because I want Kaz's answer on this too. Third play of the game against the Packers on Sunday night. Aaron Jones runs it right up the middle. Noah Keem Hicks. Now, Khalil Mack, it's almost like he's trying to have some level of containment. He's not coming down the line to make the tackle. Now, it looks to me like if he's going completely fully engaged, he could get there. But he's not. Now, is that because his job is to not allow 
Jones to get around the outside, so he's doing what's right, and it's somebody in the middle's got to make that play, or because it doesn't look good when he's standing out there. I'm like, what are you doing? But maybe that's that's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, here's what happens: if you're playing against who's ever, you're playing against your right offensive tackle, he's the left defensive end. Yeah. Okay. If that tackle goes down and they double team our inside guy. Anytime that tackle, or if it's a tight end, closes down on you, in front of you, you close. You close. You come down. That's what you do. Am I seeing this? Are you, Hamp, were you having the same reaction? And you know what? To me, it looks like they've got him almost confused. And at the end of the day, he was brought in here to do one thing, and that is to get after the quarterback. And That's unfortunately, it. it's like they've got him trying to figure out how to play the, the, you know, uh, the RPOs and the long traps, and he doesn't become a factor. I think that's spot on would you about all agree that he uh, it's true he looks that's a good way of putting it. he looks confused well, he does. they've dropped him in coverage at times guys well, it, about, it, well mean, they this put... guy his only job is you know here's what he does well go to the quarterback get to the quarterback um and or chase ball and when you start asking him to drop into coverage or doing other things um He's not going to be effective. Well, you had unfortunately, Quinn. that's what they've done with him. Glenn, they've had Quinn dropping in coverage against the Packers, too. I know. Listen, I, the key, I, how do you do that? How? The key to that defense is Akeem Hicks. You just just watch it. That would be like Dan Hampton. You take Dan Hampton out of that lineup in the middle there, you're losing huge. You take Akeem Hicks well, out of this lineup with these people when you got a right will... defensive end that I, I've heard his name twice since he's been here. He made two plays. But you take Akeem Hicks out of that game to game to game, quarter to quarter, you're talking huge damage to the Bears' defense. Why? Watch how they play when he is out. Watch the oh, pass boy. rush. Watch the quarterback move, whoever they're playing against. Huge well, and, difference. And, and and our middle our backers, neither one of them, because he you know, he demands a double team Hicks. If you're gonna block him, you, you really do have to double team that guy. So it frees up the backers. When you don't have to double team uh, you know, I, I think ninety two was the guy replacing him. It's pretty easy to run the ball because now your center and guards could get to the backers, and we don't have big backers. They're 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 fast, but they're not big, and they're going to get overpowered. Guys, talk about guys missing in action. That's where was Trevathan and where were Smith? Well, unfortunately, Hicks was missing, and about half the other guys. You called that, by the way. Hamp a couple weeks ago. He's like, you take Akeem out of there. You're, you're not going to hear from Roquan, and you did not hear from Roquan there this you week. Go. All right, yeah, because he got blown up. Yeah, you because know, the the guards and uh, even the fullbacks that the uh, teams that are smart will attack him, and they can block him. Cassie, we got to run. You're the man. We'll see you next week. All right, you got it, guys. Hopefully, we'll talk about a Bears victory. Stay okay, safe, Cos. Love, Love you, man. You. Bye. See you. Bye. Glenn Kozlowski will come back in wrapper on up hamp and Obeek. By the way, Cos was brought to you by Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering. They are family owned and operated the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. Meatballs featured on the Travel Channel. Call seven zero eight three nine six two three three three. Our friends. At Bartolini's on 720 WGN. You know, I mean, as about as best as a as a coach as you can. You know, again, I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much that you could do. You know, again, I mean, 
even how we lose him and stuff like that. So, I mean, but I think he's handled it well. It's our guy, Allen Robinson. And whether or not Matt Nagy is handling this losing streak well. Well, and obviously the jury's going to be out. Everybody's going to be watching. Here, here well, By the way, we, we talked with Alan today. Oh, did you really? Yeah, and, you know, he's a cool dude. And, you know, obviously he, the early in the year there was a bunch of, uh, you know, conjecture about his contract and this and that. And, you know, obviously if he, if he decides and wants to come back, you know, think about this. He could become the best receiver in Bears history. Who's he got to beat out? Brandon Marshall? I'm just saying. The uh the uh, you know, the sky's the future for the kid and obviously he's been really one of the few bright spots on offense. But looking at this game this week, I I, I just I, I'm I'm gonna be highly curious how this defense finds a way pick itself up off the ground and bounce back. And you know what? Jim Kizios says it's a week-to-week league. One week a team will play dead, and the next week they'll look great. Well, it's time to bounce back, and we need to bounce big. And the defense, guess what? If they don't find a way to make it happen, Matt Stafford right now, who's been awful for two weeks, he was bad in Carolina. He was bad last week on Thanksgiving Day. They've had 10 days with Daryl Bevel, the interim coach, who has been pretty damn good at setting up offenses the last decade in the NFL. They will have some answers. And Matt Stafford's got to be laughing watching that Green Bay tape, OB. Yeah. Nobody touched the quarterback. Well, so I'll tell you what, Daddy. It's time. Detroit's defense is the worst I've seen this year. Their defense, their total defense is the absolute worst. Their scheme, they have no scheme. They, they're, it, it's the know-nothing defense. It's unbelievable how they play defense. And, boy, you talk about the Bears trying to come together, trying to put it together. You coaches better put a game plan together because this is a team that you can take apart. It's not coming in here. Detroit is not a smart football team, and I don't think Daryl Bevel in five, six days is going to turn them into world beaters. The Bears, I think, will take care of business, and if they lose to the Detroit Lions, who play the know-nothing defense, that's it. I'm done. I am totally done. Whoa, whoa, what does that mean? It means Maserati Mitch needs to get off his you-know-what and find a way to that avoid... That means they're all gone. you got to get rid of all of them. And you got to avoid turnovers. Think about this. That game the other night could have been so different if only a couple of plays would have been made early, the receivers catching it in the end zone, and we don't turn the ball over. But unfortunately, the turnovers beget turnovers because you fall further and further behind. Now you get reckless and you start guessing. Maserati Mitch, stop guessing. You know what, Danny? We didn't stretch the field. We didn't make those guys play football. I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers. My God, there's so many deep patterns that you could have run with the flanker and and the wideouts. My God, start with a deuce backfield. Put the put the one of the backs in motion. Get the slot going in motion the other way. There's so many things that you take Cole Komet, put him in a slot, put him in motion, think outside the box, attack downfield. We don't do it. It is it's inconceivable. Week after week, and all these things that you could do to attack the defense, 
We do not do, folks. Believe what I'm telling you. I know what I'm talking about. Obi, it's uh, 9.56. Show's over in 30 seconds. And look at you. Three hours later, still with the same fire that you started the show. MVP, baby. Right, 99? He is. Look at him. We love you, OB. Well, we just, hey, Bears, take care of business, will you? For God's sakes, act like an NFL team. Act like Chicago Bears. For God's sakes, enough is enough already.